0: What's up, New Life Church? So glad you guys are here with us this weekend. You know, during this really unique, uncertain time, one of my favorite things has been watching church at home with my family, but then seeing you guys from different campuses across the state comment, check in, pray for each other. It's been a really unifying thing and really encouraging to me to do church together during this time also want to let you know, as one of your pastors, it's really important to us, if you have a prayer need, just to let us know. We want to cover you and your family in prayer, so you can let us know in the chat anytime during service. We'll have pastors pray for you, or you could also text NEXT to 88000, we'll have a pastor personally follow up with you, pray for you, your family, whatever needs you might have during this time. Thank you for the way you've you've given faithfully during this time. We've gotten to do some awesome things across the state of Arkansas, we're going to update you on some other things later on in service, but I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness to give to the vision of New Life Church. And today, we're going to get in God's Word like we always do. We're going to worship God like we always do, and you're going to hear a cool update about what God's doing through VBS across the state of Arkansas. So without further ado, let's worship God together in spirit and in truth.
1: is rude.
2: My name's Jason Kimbrough, and my wife and I are the pastors in Fayetteville, and we actually were, we've been on staff for almost 16 years. We were on staff in Conway, Central Arkansas, and um, back then, (laughs) it was just Conway campus, and it was Maumelle then, now Greater Little Rock, and then when we came on staff, I remember we were starting the Heber Springs location, and uh, shout out to the Deermans, we love you, and uh, it's just been awesome to see Uh, what's happened over the years. We love Rick and Michelle and the whole BZ family. It's amazing to be on staff here. And um, we we love the innocence of this church, the spirit of this church. I mean, keeping it simple, love God, love people, love life, and uh, I just love this church. Uh, We are gonna jump into the Word. If you have a Bible, uh, you can turn to the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter two. Uh, We're gonna have verses on the screen as well. And uh, I wouldn't love for you to take notes. Uh, the Bible says that um, note takers will inherit the kingdom of God. And so we want you to, it's somewhere in Leviticus. I don't know. And uh, I'm just kidding. But I do love you. Love for you to take notes. Uh, whatever you take notes on, grab an iPad or a piece of paper, pen, whatever you'd like to take notes in. In fact, why don't you drop in the comments if you're a note taker, what are you taking notes on? Are you taking notes on a laptop? Is it a MacBook? A Dell maybe? computer. I don't know if you're on an iPad or maybe a Microsoft, you know, Pro Surface 7. I don't even, I've never seen one. I've, I don't, I've yet to meet somebody uh, that has one. Maybe you're going old school, you know, journal, pen, whatever, your diary. I don't know. Let's take some notes, and um, we're going to be reading a few scriptures from the book of Hebrews and also a great name for a Christian coffee shop. I'm just saying, I'm full of great ideas. <laughs> a little Jesus, a little coffee, also holy grounds, just saying. Um, No one really knows the author of Hebrews. Um, Some think it was the Apostle Paul, others think it was Luke, some think it was Apollo, some think it was Barnabas, none of the scholars really know. So Hebrews was written to the Hebrew people, who are also known as the Jews, um, and they're becoming followers of Jesus, and here they are, they're standing on their new faith, uh, but at the same time they're somewhat unsettled. They are. Um, they believed in Jesus, their lives have been changed. Uh, many have lost family and, and friends. Many have lost their businesses, uh, their, their jobs. Um, they're facing persecution and the stress of everything. And many of them were looking at quitting their faith, bailing out, walking away. And some of them are moments away uh, from walking away from their faith. Uh, just wanna remind you that the Bible was not written to stable people. (laughs) It was not written to perfect people. It was written to people like me and people like you, people that are in the struggle, okay? So Hebrews went to a group of people and they were struggling to hold on to the promises of God. And uh, I know that you can relate with that. If you can relate with the struggle, if you can relate with that, wave your hand in the air like you just don't care. And uh, some of you, you just wave at your smart TV and that's fantastic. Hebrews two, verse one. Let's read this verse. We're just gonna bounce around through the book of Hebrews a little bit. Chapter two, verse one. We must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. So that we do not drift away. My wife and my kids love to go to the beach. I like the beach too. I like the mountains, but I like the beach. My wife is continually, during this, you know, season, being like, we got to go to the beach this summer, we got to go to the beach this summer. But when you go to the beach, you you go and you put yourself, you know, you, in your, your family and you, you put all your stuff, you you pick a spot in the sand and you put your chairs and your shovels and your ice chests and all that. And You put it down and you go into the water and whatever, and you, you play around and you swim in the water and you watch out for sharks, whatever. And then... 15 or 20 minutes can go by and you look up and you're like, where's my Yeti? You know like you can't find your stuff. Where's all our stuff, you know, and Without even knowing it You've drifted You've drifted your stuff didn't move but you did and Sometimes we can drift away from God. We can drift away from the things of God. Here's a few thoughts about drifting. Jot these down if you're taking notes. Uh, drifting is deceptive. Drifting is deceptive. Like there's a current beneath the surface that you can't see. It's an undertow. It's uh, the pull of the drift. is so silent, right? It's so silent and it goes unnoticed and it, it, it doesn't have an alarm that goes off. It's deceptive. Uh, just like you don't grab your boogie board at the beach, you go out in the water and go, I'm gonna go drift. No one does that. It happens real silently. It's deceptive. Most people don't intentionally drift away from God. Drifting is also gradual. Drifting is gradual. It's seldom, it's, it's seldom just a sudden process. It happens inch by inch. It happens little by little, day by day, as. As time goes on, all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a place where we feel spiritually dry. We, we find ourselves in a place where we don't feel connected to God or God's people. We don't feel close to the Lord. We, we don't have strength. It happens gradually. It's like spiritual erosion. Erosion is slow, steady. It's silent, it's secret, it's subtle. It happens over time. The definition uh, of erosion is the gradual destruction of something. Some drift away from God because of open rebellion towards towards God, but often people drift because of neglect. It's the subtle influences in our life and our surroundings and that cause us to drift. So, drifting is gradual. Also, drifting is easy. It's easy to drift. I don't know if you've ever been on a lazy river. They call it a lazy river, okay? Because it's easy to drift. It takes absolutely no effort I mean drifting may not always be intentional but it's a lack of intentionality when we drift away from God it's the path of least resistance and it takes no output of energy I was listening to a leadership podcast the other day and it said uh, it wasn't talking about our faith but it, it, he just this man said no one ever drifts into success and I think it's true we can apply that to our spiritual lives uh, none of us we don't drift into being strong in the Lord We have to be intentional. Drifting is is easy. In fact, all that's necessary for uh, us to drift away from God is to do nothing. If we do nothing, we will probably drift. And the riptide of culture will will pull us away. And uh, in fact, if you've been serving God for a while, you've probably had to resist the urge to drift. You've probably had to make extreme efforts to go you know i'm not going to let myself drift away from god so maybe that's where you find yourself today maybe you find yourself in a place where you feel spiritually dry you've maybe drifted away from the word you've drifted away from some things in your life i mean maybe going without church and, and it's just it's been hard for you maybe you find yourself you've drifted away from god and so the good news is that you've never drifted too far. God can always bring you back. God can always restore you in just a second. His grace can come into your life, and you can be restored to God. And um, but take a look at this uh, another scripture, Hebrews six, uh, verse eighteen and nineteen says this. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. We need confidence in our walk with God as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. I love the illustration of an anchor. Uh, The anchor has been an emblem of hope uh, and safety for a long time. Um, Believers' tombs dating back... uh, even as far as the end of the first century, they frequently displayed anchors alongside messages of hope on their tombs. There's been discoveries, about 70 examples of these kinds of messages just in one cemetery alone. It's, it's a nautical emblem. It's, it's, it's a powerful illustration, a powerful um, metaphor. Now, I love fishing. Um, fishing is biblical. Uh, I tell my wife all the time, it's in the Bible, I let me go fishing, uh, don't know where that shopping scripture is, but what, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so when you're fishing from a boat, you, you can often you can use an anchor that will keep the boat in place because the boat has a tendency to drift based on its surrounding, the wind, the water, the current, all those things, you'll drift. But without an anchor, we will drift away from God. We need an anchor. We need to be anchored to God's hope, God's truth. God's anchor is immovable, it's stable, it's secure, it's firm, it's timeless. So when things are happening around us, we still have hope. God says, my promises will not move. So how, how, do, we, how do we stop drifting? I wanna give you a few ways you can stop drifting. And um, number one is this. If you're ready, say I'm ready. I believe that you said it. Number one, stay connected to God's spirit. Stay connected to God's spirit. Uh, Some of you are really connected with God right now. Like, as I speak to you, uh, even right now, maybe you sense God speaking to you. He wants your full attention. He wants you to be connected to his spirit. Hebrews 12, verse one and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Not the race marked out for everyone else. The race marked out for us, for you. What's the race marked out for you? What's the race that you're supposed to run? Throw off everything that gets in the way of the vision that God has for you. What God's Spirit has for you, for your family, for your purpose, for who you've been made to be, for what you're called to do. And it says fixing our eyes on Jesus, not fixing our eyes on culture, not fixing our eyes on what people think we should do, not fixing our eyes on materialism or comparison or jealousy or none of that stuff, not on uh, climbing the corporate ladder or making more money, no, none of that. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. So we need an urgency to rely on God's Spirit. We need Him daily. Hey, we need Him when we're succeeding and when we're not. We need Him when we have money in the bank and when we don't. We need God when we're in famine or harvest, when we are winning and when we're losing. We need Him all the time. We need God's Spirit. And if you've gotten off track, you just bow your life to God and, and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've drifted. And I just want to come immediately right back to the place that I used to be. Or maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus ever. You could do it right now. You just say, God, I I repent of my sins. I believe in your son Jesus. He died for me. He rose again. I submit my life to you. Forgive me. Make me clean. Make me innocent. Give me a new life in Christ. I I repent. I turn away from my old life. I, I give you my life. That's all you have to do. Stay connected to God's Spirit. How do we stop drifting? Number two, stay connected to God's truth. Stay connected to God's truth. An anchor is useless, you know, unless it's connected to the boat. And um, I remember before I had kids, I'd see parents, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but some parents have, I don't know if it's called a leash, but they have a leash for their kids. Not around their neck, but like it like attaches to a harness and it's so like when they're at the park and their kids <laughs> chase the ball or whatever, they just yank them back. And and like, I don't know if those are still around, but I remember seeing those and I'd be like, so come on, I'm never gonna, I don't, why would you ever need that? Just be a good disciplinarian. Just, you know, just discipline your kids, you know? And then I started having kids. And I was like, where do you get one of those doggy leash things for kids, you know? <laughs> Because everyone's an expert in parenting until you actually start having kids, right? You know who you are. So, uh, culture will shift, but will you? Will you stay connected to God's truth? When the lies come, will you, will you stay connected? Will you believe the lies, or will you believe God's truth? Emotions, emotions will fade. Uh, moods will swing, right? Uh, what's your hope in? Circumstances all around us can be crazy but will your faith be crazy as things become unstable around us will will your faith be unstable we have to stay connected to god's truth Uh, chapter 4 Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 of my favorite scripture says this for the word of god is alive and active it means it's not dead it's alive it's active it's sharper than any double-edged sword a double-edged sword has two sharp edges so it can cut in two different directions even, it penetrates, even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What does that mean? It means sometimes we think we're reading the Bible, it's actually reading us. And it has the ability to divide between soul and spirit. Our soul is where our mind, our will, our emotions, our moods, our opinions are, right? But God's spirit, our God's spirit is where God's heart is. We always want to do what God's spirit is, even if we don't want to. Even if... Uh, we don't always like to hear what God's Spirit has to say. We know it's best for us. So the Word of God, it penetrates, it divides between soul and spirit. It shows us what's God, what's us. What's, uh, what's supernatural in, regard, in contrast to what's natural, right? What is us and what is God? Joints and marrow. A joint is on the outside of your bones. Marrow is the core of our bones. And the Word of God slices and dices what we think and what we feel and, and it divides it into what God thinks and what God feels. We need to stay connected to God's truth. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Number three, stay connected to God's church. Stay connected to God's church. Our The campus pastors, every year we go out and we do like a lake day and we hang out on the lake and we were on this boat I think it was a year or two ago and our anchor got hung up on some trees or something and we couldn't get it loose so we had to had to cut the anchor and you know a lot of times when people drift they isolate themselves we gotta stay connected to the church I'm really proud of the way that our church has stayed connected the way that you've engaged online the way that you've participated on social media, the way that you've called each other, checked in with one another, texted each other, the way that you've continued to serve and give, and that's the church. Our physical locations have been kind of shut down, but the church is far from shut down. The church is alive. The church is doing great things. It's amazing. We have to stay connected. Hebrews 10. We'll close with this. Verse 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day when Jesus will come back and there will be that day. But until then, let's not drift. Let's stay connected to God's church. Stay connected to one another. Reach out to somebody. It could keep you from drifting. Remember, We can all drift if we don't do something. We have to be intentional. So if this is you today, I wanna pray for you first of all. But if this is you today, what I want you to do is wherever you're at, unless you're in a car driving, (laughs) I I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes. I wanna pray over you. And I'm just gonna pray that God helps you wherever you're at, that he helps you stay connected to him and that we will not drift away. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks to us. I pray that those that are, have found themselves maybe farther away from you than they want to. Maybe they drift a little bit. Maybe some are even in a place they don't know how to get back. This is where you come in, God. We can't do nothing without you. We don't wanna do anything in our own strength. So we just come before you and we just say, God, I pray that you would help us. We wanna be close to you. We don't want to drift. So this is our intentional effort right now. Everyone who hears me now, everyone who, at the sound of my voice, if this resonates with you, I just want you to say, God, I'm sorry that I've drifted. And I'm coming back. I want to be close to you. I'm putting my foot down. I'm I'm putting my, my faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's uh, worship together one last time. Want to thank all of you uh, on behalf of all of our staff and pastor rick for giving financially Man, it's been amazing to see the generosity of our church i know some of you you can't do a whole lot right now and that's fine but thank you for those of you that have been faithful giving your tithes, or offering and uh, you know john 3:16, one of the most like famous scriptures uh, in the world it says uh, for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and It's just amazing when we give, uh, whether it's finances or give of our time and anything we give to God, we're taking on the same nature that God had when He gave His One Only Son, a heart of generosity. So I want to thank you for those of you that give. Thank you, thank you. There's several ways that you can donate and give and we really appreciate it. Just know that you are a part of eternity and that's what really matters. You're making an eternal difference in the lives of real people uh who need Jesus so thank you for that uh right now i just want to take a look at what's happening uh with VBS around some of the state
0: hey y'all we're so thankful that you're here today my name is Tanner Cangelosi, and this is my 10 year old daughter Coco who turns 10 today And I just wanted to say thank you to all of our volunteers and staff that made children's ministry happen all across the state through VBS in new and creative ways because of the season that we're in. So Coco, tell us your favorite thing about VBS this week. I really liked throwing water balloons at the leaders. (laughs) She had a blast at the drive-through experience that we had at our church at Hot Springs campus last night. But those same things happened all across the state. And so we're so thankful for you, for your generosity to make things like that happen. Things like leaders coming here at Hot Springs to each individual house with all Kid Life kids getting a visit from a leader and a goodie bag to say, hey, you are loved, you are not alone. And so thank you for your generosity to make opportunities like that happen and changing the next generation for Christ.
2: Hey, thanks for joining with us today. I wanted to close out just like Pastor Rick's been doing with a prayer blessing. And I wanted to read, um, it's actually a blessing in Numbers 6, verse 24, 25, and 26. It just says this, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And I speak that over your family, your marriage, your life, your soul, your mind. And uh, let's close that in prayer. God, thank you for today. What an encouraging time to be together all across the state, all campuses. I just want to pray a prayer blessing over each person right now. God, that they would be so close to you. God, that you would be in their home, that your peace would. But just resonate in every room of their home, every relationship in their home, anything in their life. I pray that you would just place your blessing on it. God, we are going to be faithful towards you. We will never turn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you soon.